0: cultivating connection with Amanda Fowler. I have been gone for two weeks. (laughs) Let me just say it up front. I did not plan to take two weeks off of this podcast. But then again, I didn't really plan to have episodes for the two weeks that I was traveling And so it just goes to show you and it goes to show me that if you want shit to get done, you need to plan it. You need to have structure. And I thought that, you know, I could just record episodes on my phone in Europe. Who was I kidding? Anyway, I really realized that I not only didn't set myself up to record episodes for you guys while I was traveling, but I also didn't really want to. I really needed to go to Europe to travel with my husband for 10 days, kidless, and not touch any technology. I was on social media a little bit posting about my trip and my travels, but during the day when I was experiencing things, when I was touring these places and when I was seeing things I wasn't on my phone I was focused on human connection and taking in everything that was around me and it was so fucking nice and so no I didn't plan to take two weeks off of this podcast but it just happened and I'm so glad that it did and you know I want to be consistent with this podcast this podcast is something that I want to grow that I want to make bigger than myself. I want it to reach more people. I want it to be a place where you come and you learn about how to be more connected with yourself. And so I really want to get back to this podcast, but I just I just needed to say that like this these last 2 weeks taking time off of the podcast and really just off of work. You know, I launched my course and there wasn't really any more work for me to do other than just host the group, the live group calls and see how everybody else is doing in the course. And so I I really was just in this period of enjoying my fucking life. <laughs> and it was so nice. And I think that's why I'm struggling With my relationship to social media these days, and I'm going to do a whole episode on social media because I have a lot to say there that I I still haven't even really wrapped my head around, but I think that's the reason that I have this, this qualm with social media right now is because... I don't want to be this influencer or this person that you look to that is constantly curating content to just flood your brain, to just keep you occupied, to just keep you busy, right? And I have such a... (laughs) and like an adverse reaction to posting anything like mindset, wellness. Like I'm a mindset and wellness coach. I help women shift mindset and break habits and release self-limiting beliefs so that they can be more confident in themselves and reach their goals. But I don't want to fucking share, you know, here's a, a quick tip on how to change your mindset. I don't want to just bombard you with everything that everybody else is fucking saying on social media. If you want some quick mindset tips, you can find them in a hundred different locations, thousands even. You can go to a thousand different health coaches or mindset coaches or wellness coaches, Instagram pages, and you can find the quick mindset tip that you're looking for. That's not what I want to do. I'm here to go deeper. <laughs> I'm not here to just give you the service level. Here's a mindset tip, or here's a wellness tip, or here's a little quick habit shift because it's it's so fucking personal. It's so individual. It's so subjective. And so I don't I just think I'm I'm having this like hard time sharing on social media and showing up with my health coaching or my mindset and wellness coaching hat because I don't want to curate content. I want to live my life and let my life inform my content. I want to live my life, learn things, have realizations, and then share those things. Share what I'm going through. Share my experiences. Share what I've realized. Share the, share the lessons that I've learned, rather than telling you, "Oh, if you want to, you know, heal your digestion, drink some lemon." Like, no. I'm done with that. I'm so done with it. And I'll be honest, content creation on Instagram is something that I was doing for a while because it was great money and I needed it. And am I here to say that I'm never going to take some content creation jobs because... It's not in alignment with me anymore. No, because the truth is, is that sometimes, you know, as I'm building my business and as I'm raising my babies, I need a little quick, you know, a quick paycheck. And so I will do some content creation gigs if it feels like it's an aligned opportunity, if the product is something that I actually fuck with. But I am also really leaning away from that too, because I don't want to be like this person on social media that pushes you to buy more shit or that brings you away from yourself by making you get lost in all of these quick little surface level advices that might actually not be applicable to you and your unique body mind and soul. And so that's why I think I'm having such a hard time because I don't want to just give a generalization. I love to go deep with women. That's why I love my one-on-one coaching. I love coaching women because I can get in there with somebody and talk to them about their specific needs, wants, goals, struggles, and work to find a solution that makes them more confident and makes them more authentic to themselves. That's my purpose. And even with my Cultivating Connection experience, this this four-week course that I'm launching, I wanna incorporate more FaceTime. Like I want more interaction even in that because right now it's three calls per for the whole four weeks but I think I'm gonna include another call and do it a weekly call. So for the four weeks, you have four calls and then I think I wanna add in like a community feed because I want there to be dialogue. I want there to be actual connection. I want there to be actual, hey, this is what I'm learning. What are you learning and support and and connection? I think that social media these days is so fucking fluffy and I am anything but that. (laughs) And that's why I think I'm having such a hard time showing up in that way. And like, you know, ever since I got back from Europe, I don't want to even open the app and I don't even want to talk on my stories because I just don't have anything to share that feels like it would fit the algorithm or fit the trends. And I hate that I feel that way because I also love social media and I love sharing my voice and what I have to say. But in a way, it's made me feel like because I don't have anything to share in the way that other people are sharing, then I don't have anything to share at all. And that's just so not true. But I don't think I really realized that until I was – I'm talking right now of I actually do have something to say and do have something to share. I just don't think it's going to, you know, get a bunch of likes or get a bunch of comments or, you know, go viral or get a bunch of views and – I hate that I think that way, but at the end of the day, like I have a message to share and I want it to reach people. And so when you have a message to share and you want it to reach people, I think that's why so many of us as creators and as people who, you know, are, are on the internet sharing our voice, I think that's when we get caught up in the algorithm because we just want our message to be seen and heard so badly. And so we'll do anything to to, to have that happen. You know, i.e., make reels, even though we don't want to fucking make reels. (laughs) You know, have that fluffy mindset surface level tip for you because we want you to see us. But like, I'm so over it. I don't want to just share things that I think are going to grab your attention. I want to share with purpose and intention. And so, I don't know. I think I'm going to do a whole episode on social media soon because this is not the episode for that. <laughs> but all you need to know is I'm back on the podcast and it feels really good to to talk with you guys again. It is May, May 1st. I hope you guys are excited for the for the warmer weather, excited for this spring summer. I I know that I am and I know that there's a lot of exciting things happening that haven't even happened or like come into my mind yet, but I just feel like there's this energy of potential for me, for everybody that is on the horizon and it's really exciting. And for me, I know the one thing that I'm really wanting to lean more into as well as hosting in-person events, and doing more rounds of the Cultivating Connection experience and just connecting with more women. I just think that expanding my reach, you know, my word for this year was expansion and expanding my reach is something that I really want to do. And I don't mean that in, in terms of like views on social media. I truly mean it in like people who are listening to my podcast and then DMing me and telling me how they felt or or what they thought. It's like this connection, this collaboration, women that I'm actually getting to coach one on one and help change their lives. Women who are in my cultivating connection experience cohorts and who are learning and they're growing and they're connecting with other women and themselves on a more deep level who are unplugging and getting to know themselves. That is my goal for, for this year is expansion, expanding my reach, expanding connection, expanding your growth as well. And so I'm excited for the summer because (laughs) I think one, one thing that always helps me actually like start taking action and do things is being outside. And I'm just going to put it out there. I'm over the colds. I can't do it. If it's, if it's cold and windy, I will be inside. And if I'm inside, I'm not creative. I'm not optimistic. Like I need the sunshine, (laughs) And so that's why I'm so excited for this for the summer months and I think you know Ayurveda tells us that it's it's very true for everybody when the summer months come around it's kind of like your ovulation phase where you have energy and you want to be outside and you want to be socializing and you want to be like you know getting your dreams out there and working hard and and meeting people and creating experiences and doing things and so I think that's why I'm so excited for this summer and I and I I hope you guys are too but I'm back. You guys can expect weekly podcast episodes again, which is super exciting. And in this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with the lovely Georgia Van Newkirk. She is somebody that I actually went to school with for a year because I dropped out of art school. (laughs) But I went to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design with Georgia and that's how I know her. She is so many things. She's a musician. She's a creative director. She's a costume designer. She does so many things, videographer to photographer. She's a creative, okay? She's an artist, and she's somebody that I'm really inspired by because, and you'll hear in this episode, but she just goes for what she wants, and she puts her vision out there. She brings things to life, and that's something that I really appreciate because as an entrepreneur, as a creative, I know the process. I know how hard that can be. And I'm sure some of you that are listening who might have these creative ideas are also like, yeah, it's really hard to kind of make them come to life and like put them in, in into the universe. And she just does that. She is somebody that I think is so good at executing and putting herself out there and getting her foot in the door and going for what she wants. So, in this episode, we talk about so many things. We talk about art school, for one, and her experience. And for any of you listening wondering like what art school is like, she really gives you know insight to her experience. We also talk about how she worked on the set of Outer Banks, which is so fucking cool. We talk about how she just started releasing music for fun, and then she ended up getting signed by a label. Her process of writing music, which is something I am so fascinated about, as somebody who writes poetry and creates things. I'm fascinated by people's creative processes. And then we also talk about finding like-minded community in your 20s, what it's like living in LA. We talk about her body image journey and wellness journey because when she went abroad, she gained a rapid amount of weight. And uh, we talk about how she actually got her body back to health after that. And then again, lastly, I, I just really love this episode because she not only is somebody that is a go-getter and connected to her dreams and pursuing them, but she's also giving you guys such incredible tips on how you can do that too. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. I really hope that you find some wisdom in it because I know that I did. And if you like this episode, please give it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and I will see you guys at the end what the fuck was art school like for you? Because I feel like so many people listening probably went to a big state school and uh, they don't, they have these like, you know, preconceived notions of what art school was. And you and I both went to SCAD, but I went there for a year for anyone listening, Georgia, you graduated. So I want to know your experience. What was art school like for you?
1: Well, the thing is, is that growing up in South Carolina, all my friends went to state schools. And so in high school, I was like familiar with going to big football games and stuff. And that was never really for me. So I loved SCAD. I loved the small community. I loved that there was a photo shoot every weekend or like a fashion show. The town, Savannah in general, really sold me because we would all go have picnics in the park and we would all collaborate on projects and It was just, like, the entire thing. I knew that I would feel like I was missing out on, like, this classic college experience. But as soon as I lived in Savannah for, like, freshman year when we met, I was like, okay, this is, like, really cool. And I know it's super unique, and I may not be getting, like, the classic experience, but... I made like a bunch of really great friends and I loved like I lived in a cute little apartment with our mutual friend Sophie on top of a bakery. Like it was it was definitely different, but I knew that that was the place where I could like be nurtured and grow more than like a huge school with like sports because I'm not really a sporty person.
0: The thing that you said about art school is, you know, the classic state school. It's big footballs. It's all the things missing out on that when I got to art school, I felt like I was at a job. Like I felt like you're here to work. I mean, the whole like scad language of like, what was it? Like, um, something after death sleep after whatever, what was it called? Oh, oh, Sleep comes after death. Sleep, Sleep comes after comes death. Sleep comes after death, yeah. Of, like, you work so hard on your projects and all the thing. Like, I thought I wanted that, and I got there, and I was like, actually, this is not at all what I wanted as an 18-year-old trying to find myself. And I feel like maybe it was because SCAD is a beautiful place to find yourself, but I wasn't ready to yet. And so I want to know your take on that. Do you feel like you always wanted to, like – Really dive into your career and and figure out who you were and, and what you came here to do, and that's why you picked a school like like art school like SCAD that really fostered that.
1: Well, the thing about me is that for better or for worse, when I like start something, I will see it through, mm. which is good. It's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. So when I was in high school, I went to like Catholic school, and I didn't really like it. I didn't fit in, and I was pretty miserable. But I was like, I am going to. See this through. I've started at this school, I'm gonna finish. And it's down Were the street from my house. No. And my parents weren't either. Okay. But it's like it was two minutes from our house. And I like started out with a bunch of friends. Um, and then a lot of people left. And I just stayed because I was like, I also don't like uh trying new things. Mm. Which is weird because I put myself in situations where I have to try new things a lot, but like once I'm in something. I'm in it whether it's good or it's bad and like so my plan was like go to that high school make really good grades and then I went to go visit colleges and SCAD was the first place I visited and I really liked it I was two hours from Charleston my mother's very artistic my father's very artistic like my mom was a costume designer my dad is like an actor builder so it just, like, clicked, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this school. I searched which major made the most money <laughs> from SCAD, and it was advertising. So I was like, my major is going to be advertising. And I decided this all in, like, a day when I was 17, and I visited the school.
0: And then that was just, like, the path that I was going to take. Here's the thing that's so funny, though, that you mentioned is, like, money. Because I was. Well, do you think that was, like, this – ingrained programming of like art school people don't make money and so you were like okay I guess I'm gonna have to just pick whatever makes the most money or what was the thought process behind like I need to go and do the thing that makes me the most money
1: well definitely like there is this stigma around art school that like you won't make any money and I knew that I was creative and I knew that I liked design and photography and I kind of wanted a major where I could just learn like all of it, because even my job now, like we'll get into, it's not really like one specific thing. It's like being kind of good at a lot of different things. So I was like, okay, where can I learn? Because in in Catholic school, there wasn't really any design or art classes. There were, but they were super fundamental. So I was like, I want to learn the Adobe suite. I want to learn how to take photos. I want to learn how to edit videos. Like, and advertising was kind of this whole encapsulation and it was super capitalistic because I was like I want to be really successful I want to make things that people will see and advertising is that because it's art but for four, ca- four com- companies huge like huge companies and it gets put in Times Square and it's played at the Super Bowl and and I just have always had this like if I'm gonna do something I want it to be done right and I want it to be followed through. And advertising just made sense to me in that way, as opposed to like visual art or fashion. So that's what I, that's what I picked.
0: There's like, there's also longevity in that too. And that's, that's so much of your Taurus energy of like grounded and also loyal. Like I'm going to be loyal to whatever it is. I, I set my, my heart and my mind to. But I also think like, that where you said about success, that's something that I have been grappling with for like at at least the last two years when I started my own business and my own coaching practice is like, what does success actually mean to me? Because if if you were to ask me, you know, back in my, when I was 18 years old, it might've been one thing, but like when I first started my business in the first year of my business, it was make as much fucking money as I can. Mm -hmm. And that led me to a lot of burnout. And actually I realized that's not, necessarily my entire view of success and I've had to shape shift it and redefine it so many times so like for you now what is your version of success
1: you know it's funny because like that was the plan for so long but I never even have worked at an advertising agency like music really took my life for a turn which has been awesome because I see a lot of burnout in my friends who all work at agencies and The thing that's really nice now is like, I can balance out my life and I love working hard and I definitely experience burnout, but I can take jobs that I'm not necessarily in love with that make good money. So then I can work on projects for like independent artists who have no budget and still like pay rent, buy food and like kind of even it out. And that's been really awesome because I think if I were at a corporate job or like one place working for one brand the whole time, and I was like selling my soul, I would be miserable because the art is really, is why I do it. And like working with people who, who don't have any
0: money is like really, really fun. Well, there's also autonomy in that. Like you're making a choice. You're saying, you know, I, I want to work I take this job because it's going to make me money, but then it affords me the opportunity to choose the one that's pro bono maybe because that's that's going to fuel my soul and my heart. Whereas somebody who does go to an agency, they don't have that autonomy. They don't have that choice to say, hey, I want to work on this or this because they're doing what they're told, which I think is so, it's so hard for me to do. That's why I became someone who worked for myself. I can't follow, I cannot follow directions for shit. What is your, what is your kind of view on that? Is that why you also like, we're like, I just want to do my own thing. Do you, are you, did, cause it's interesting because you, yeah, you are doing something so completely different from what you wanted to do. Be, and and maybe it's not if you get down to like the nitty gritty of what the message is or the, what the mission is, but the structure, the framework of what you're doing now looks so different. So where did that all come to be? So you were an advertising major in, at SCAD and then where did the music come in?
1: So when I was a junior, I released a song just for fun. I had written it with a friend who was a music producer. And then like a few weeks later, I got a call from someone that I had known growing up who had started a production company called Morning Moon Productions. And they were like, we want to have an artist development deal with you. We want to work together. And so I started releasing more music, working with them. COVID happened, I graduated from school and I was living in Charleston. I had wanted to move to LA, but I wasn't gonna move mid pandemic cause I graduated June of 2020. And so I was working in Charleston for my mom um, for the summer. And then I heard that they were filming Outer Banks in Charleston. And so I DM'd the designer on Instagram, the costume designer, because I had worked on a movie um, one summer my junior year. And so I was like, Hi, I love your work. I love the brands that you're using. Um, I've worked in the costume department before. I live in Charleston. I don't know if you need someone, but I would love to interview for the position. And she DM'd me back and was like, Yeah, let's interview. And she was like, I've done like a thousand interviews in the past few weeks and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not going to get it, like all this stuff." And then she called me back and was like, "Can you start like next week?" And I was like, "Okay." So, I worked on Outer Banks and then I day played on righteous gemstones in Charleston, and I then worked for her again. I like costume designed a short film during that process from people I met with Outer Banks and um then worked with her again as a set customer on the show called Florida Man, which is about to come out in April. And so I spent two years working for other people, working 12 to 16 hour days and being like working all night and working, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. a lot of the time. And I okay, realized okay, where
0: did the where did I, the costume? No, you're fine. Where did the costume designing come in, though? Because there's because you were advertising at SCAD. And then where does the costume designing come in?
1: So my mom was a costume designer okay. growing
0: up. She was a
1: costume designer for that 70s show. Or she was a costumer on what? that 70s show.
0: hmm Oh, my God. Wait. Okay. And I've seen so many of your bios, and that's why you're like, Donna and Jackie all wrapped up in one? Yes. Okay. I was like, does she have a connection to that 70s show, or does she just love it? Your mom was a designer on that? hmm That's fucking sick.
1: It's crazy. So that's like when, when we lived – I grew up in L.A. for like 10 years. Oh, you did? Yes. Okay. And so both my parents were in the industry. So I knew the industry. I knew how it worked.
0: And like I just knew that you had to work really hard. Here's – here's okay. That I want to talk about this real quick because I think there's so many people who are probably listening because I want this – my podcast to be for people who – are trying to cultivate a deeper sense of self-connection to themselves so they know what the fuck they want to do and then how to actually take action on it because I think there's this whole conversation of like manifest the life that you want like put it into the universe but like where's the action like when Mm or where are we putting in the action so I I want to talk about that you say okay I you know that you knew the industry you kind of knew how it worked I think it's so ballsy to hear someone be like I just found the costume designer of Atterbakes and just DM'd her like how did you get there? Like how, give, give people some like tips or maybe like some insight on like what it took for you to get into that role of designing. Okay. So I have to
1: like any big risk that I have taken has worked out. I don't know if that streak will continue, but <laughs> I just feel like being really bold only like favors you. Mm. And and like, the thing was, was that I just, there's no harm in a DM. So I just reached out to her. Be I found out who she was and I messaged her because I knew that worst case scenario, she wouldn't see it. She wouldn't open it. Best case scenario, I could work. Also the show was filming down the street from my house. I had experience. I was like, why not shoot my shot? And like, even like in relationships, like, One time I walked up to this person who was playing on stage in their band and I said, hi, my name's Georgia. I think (laughs) we should hang out. And then we ended up being together for like two and a half years.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So I'm not saying like, you know, be crazy, but I just definitely think if there's something you want to do, like you have to just, like if there's a job that you want, you should, I mean, everybody checks their DMs. Or if there's somebody that you want to talk to, you just go up and talk to them. Like worst case scenario,
0: they're gonna be like, "I'm not interested," and then you can be like, "Oh, I guess I think that's the way to go." Well, it's also because like the worst case scenario is already what you have. Like if you want that job, and the only the, the first step to getting that job is is doing is DMing the person. The wor like the the fear is I'm not gonna get it, right? But you already don't have it, so like what do you have to lose? nothing. Cause you're going to be in the exact same situation if they say no. So if you want to change it, you have to take the action. And I think it's like you said, like you have to be bold, but you also like, by being bold, you also like send out this frequency to the universe of like, I'm here, I'm ready. And like, I'm going to start taking action towards the reality that I envision for myself. Did you, did you know that First of all, I love Outer Banks. It's like one of my favorite shows to watch, and I don't watch many shows. Did you know, like, it was a big show?
1: Mm-hmm. I got on for season two.
0: Okay. Oh, so you weren't even in for season one? No,
1: I was in. Co- we were in college when they were filming season one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so, and I was like, so the show's already going. They already have a costume department. It's like the most popular show on TV. There's no way I'm going to get this job. But apparently, also, this is a big sign of, like, social media presence and everything. I, like, after I had been working on the show, I went up to my designer and I was like, what made you choose me, like, out of all these people? And she was like, because we were looking at your Instagram and there was this video of you, like, um, when you graduated from school and you were, like, doing, like, walking around your living room because you had, like, a at-home graduation and you just seem like fun. And so that's why we hired you. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: who would have thought? That video was like dumb. Like I didn't put any thought
0: into that. Well, here's the thing. And that's, I am love that you mentioned that because people don't realize enough that like liking who you work with is also so fucking important. Like your employ your employers want to enjoy spending time with you. So if you present yourself as, like you said, I'm fun. If you're just being your true self, if you're, you know, if you're being honest about who you are, it's going to get you what you want because that, because they, they want that too. You know, they want transparency. They want you to be yourself and it'll just, I think it just attracts the more, you know, like-minded opportunities your way.
1: A hundred percent. And like how you present on the internet is super weird because it is just like, a moment of time in time of like like it's just summing yourself up in such a small way but I do think when I started making music and getting more into social media and like creating content I'm so glad that I didn't lose like the real parts of myself and the like authentic moments because a lot of it does get really curated because I care about the brands and I care about the visuals and stuff but like any advice to anyone, like, keeping that really authentic part of yourself and showing who you are in moments on top of the brand and the content is really important, like, as a person to show who you are, because, like, you know, the beautiful photos and, like, incredible, like, music videos and all that stuff, like, it's, like, not really who I am, not that all my photos and music videos are incredible, I just
0: they are though they are seriously I'm obsessed I like spent whenever I'm I'm doing podcasts I like to spend my time like in people's energy and so I was listening to a bunch of your your uh, music but also watching your YouTube videos and I just I'm obsessed but I want to because we'll get into the music I want to what was like working on set as the costume designer specifically for Outer Banks what was that like
1: so for Outer Banks I was the PA so that's like running errands for the designer and stuff. And I loved it because I had a really amazing designer and like a really awesome team that I got to work for. Um, And then she carried me on to another show where I was the set costumer. So I was on set with the actors and I loved, I loved all of it so much, but it really felt like I blinked and two years of my life were gone for these TV shows And I had like, put on weight, I had, I was not healthy, I wasn't exercising, because I would just work crazy hours, and then go home and sleep. And like, sometimes hang out with friends, like a lot of my relationships were failing. Like, I didn't even see my, my family a ton, which is to say that like, I loved it. And I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for the world. But it did make me realize, like, I need to have balance in my life Mm. where I can work in the industry and like be a part of really creative, cool projects, but also like try and have a schedule. Like my morning routine is really important to me, finding ways that I can like cook breakfast and have like time to go for a walk in the morning and, and then have spurts of working really hard, like 12, 16 hour days. But finding a way that works for me because film and TV like is amazing if you can handle it but I'm just like not someone who can not work out and eat whatever mm. like and I don't really know a lot of people
0: that can no it's important and I always like to say too and we'll we'll get into that as well because I want to talk about like wellness and your journey with all of that but I always like to say like food like nourishment in, in the form of movement and food is literally fuel for your soul. And if you're not nourishing yourself in those ways, you cannot express your soul's truth, like who you are authentically because you're, you're like blurred. You're, you're like operating in a, in a different lens. And it's a lens of like being deprived from true like fuel. And so it's, it's so true. I think, I think when it comes to, you know, the, the industry, like, you know, whether it's Hollywood and LA, or it's just like, you know, media and film and music and all that in, in general, I think that I get so glamorized, but I think it's, it's important to acknowledge, like, it is a really hard job.
1: It is. And like, you're definitely made to feel like, oh, I'm lucky to be here. Yeah. I've gotten this opportunity. So I'm gonna give everything to this job. And I'm so, I'm so glad I did because I, my goal was like, save up money, move to LA. Mm. Save up money, move to LA. That was like my mindset for basically all of those two years. So I was like, if I need to throw myself in, that's fine. I know how to get myself right. I know that this isn't necessarily long-term and I think like doing a show taking a few months doing a show taking a few months is a great system but it was just like two years straight yeah and the burnout the burnout was hard but I was like just money Los Angeles money Los Angeles
0: (laughs) yeah well okay so why why Los Angeles I know you you said you grew up there but like what was the allure what was the pull
1: you know I I grew up here um And then my family, like me, my mom, my sister, my dad um, would come back for like a month every summer, go hiking, um, you know, shopping, exploring. And I just always have felt a pull to California. Like I'm happiest here. I love the weather. I love the fact that you can go like I went on a hike this morning. I love that all of the music jobs are here all of the artists are here. There's a lot of film and TV. And everyone that you meet is doing something really cool and creative. And I was like, I just want to be around other people who are doing what I'm doing that I can learn from that I can work with that I can connect with, who have similar mindsets, they care about health, they care about wellness, they also want to work hard, they dress cool. Like, I just was like, like i said once i commit to something that's it and i think i was like 12 and i was like i'm going to live in california and so that was just
0: that was the plan but i i think it it's even like the same thing as like you knew you wanted to go to art school because you knew you wanted to be a creative and you wanted to be in that energy i think whenever i'm telling talking to people about cuz i think finding community in your 20s is really hard especially these days where a lot of people are working from home now more and there's still you know, everything is so virtual. And so I think that like, it's that same mentality of like, I'm going to go to art school and put myself in this environment of other creatives. It's the same thing of like going to LA. I'm going to put myself in a community that has everything that I love because I know I'm going to find like-minded people. And so I want to know more of your experience living in LA because I think, well, one, I hear so many people moving out of LA. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on in LA? Why do people not want to go there? Because Lucas and I, so Lucas uh, went to a a state school in Florida, in Pensacola, Florida. He was a football player, my husband for anybody listening, football player, but he quit football his junior year of college and then became an an acting minor. So he like, if he could be anything in the world, he would want to be an actor. But I mean, he never has gotten an opportunity to like really get into it. And he's, he always talks about like, God we should just move to LA. Like let's move to LA. And I had thought about it so many times as well just because I love my podcast and uh you know mindset and and wellness and all the things and we also love Warm Mother, but I think I think like there is just like this misconception of what LA is and what it actually is. And then I so I would love for you to touch on that like what LA actually is and in kind of the community aspect and then also how you actually found a community of friends that you actually fuck with because I think again in your 20s it's hard these days so uh, what are your thoughts
1: so I know LA gets a bad reputation but the thing is is that I I got really lucky moving here first of all because I have like family around my uncle lives in Redondo like I I'm comfortable I know all the neighborhoods I moved in with a friend from art school and He's a painter, and then my other roommate is a furniture designer. So they're already artsy. They're already doing really cool things. I got in with all of their friends who were like a makeup artist, photographer. You know, everyone is doing something cool all the time in their friend group because they're SCAD graduates or SCAD graduate adjacent. And then I basically just started like reaching out to people I knew that were here and, um, trying to get on sets, like styling, assisting. Um, I got with one of my friends who was doing a band and directed some of their music videos, met like my best friend in the whole world on set. He was like a last minute hire as the DP. Um, and then my other best friend, We I have like a trio now and it's me, a uh, director of photography. And then like Um, An assistant camera slash assistant director slash photographer. And so the three of us have been doing a lot of projects together and I met them both on set, like through mutual friends, just from putting myself out there, trying to jump on jobs, like knowing that I wasn't going to necessarily make, I honestly probably made like so little money last year in 2022. I knew that I could cover rent with the money I had made in film for the year. So I just had to make enough money to like live, groceries, have fun. And then I just was like jumping on jobs, taking free work, taking small pay and just trying to meet people and like go out and be social. And so then through set and like talking to people, I met my two like creative partners. And since then, the three of us have just been like going and going out, like even just going to like drink wine on a Tuesday night. I met this like really awesome director who does music videos through another DP I knew. Like it's just so communal if you really put yourself out there, which I try to do.
0: Was it ever hard for you to put yourself out there? Yes.
1: I don't, like the thing that's so strange about me is I'm I'm not shy, but I'm like very anxious. So I get really nervous about putting myself out there. And like, when I'm driving to somewhere like a new set or a new job, I'm like, I'm going to throw up. This is awful. I don't want to (laughs) go. And like, as soon as I'm there, I'm like, hi everybody. Like, Dude, I'm the same
0: way, same way, and I think it's because I just have a really active mind, and I'm thinking about all the thing, all of the things that I might say that is that are wrong, and all the things that like could happen that are wrong, and I like it's almost like my ego tries to talk me out of it, and my souls like no, we're meant to be here, we need to be here but it's so funny because yeah. And I, I like had, I struggled putting myself out there for, for a long time. And, and then I got to a place where I like, I do it often and it feels good and I like it and it gets me to where I want to be. But for you, like what shifted, what, like, did it ever, did you ever let that kind of anxiety, like halt you from putting yourself out there? And then what changed to help you put yourself out there?
1: For sure. The anxiety held me back, but I think I kind of have just been like, Basically faking it till it was like, I believed what I was saying because like the best example was my friend was in this band called 19 and New York. Um, and he was like, he asked me to come to set the week I moved to LA and I was like, great, I'll come, I'll bring my camera. I'll take pictures. I wasn't like involved in any way. And so <clears throat> I went to set, I met everyone the producer was like talking to me. I was like, yeah, I like style and do content and stuff. So then I started working for her. And then through that, the band was like, Hey, like, um, we have some footage. Could you like edit it? I was like, yeah, I can edit. I'm an editor. I wasn't at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I I could like, um, stitch together a music video, but I had never really like been an editor, but I just edited the music video. I was like, yeah, I can color. I learned to color that day. <laughs> I learned the music video. And then they were like, oh my gosh, like, that's cool. Like, do you just want to like direct the next one? And I had directed my own stuff, but I had never like directed for anyone else. I was like, yeah, I can direct. I'm a director. <laughs> i like, just, and then I was like, so nervous, so scared. I'm like, they're all going to know I'm a big phony. Like, I don't know what yeah, I'm yeah. doing, but I was so prepared and I was like, so convinced to like prove myself and everyone Mm. wrong that I was like I am a director like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna direct and then I did and then I and the music video was great and like everyone on set like respected me as they should but like I'm thinking that I'm gonna get there and they're gonna be like why is she telling us what to do (laughs) (laughs) and I just kept going and like being like yeah I can do this like I could do this when I'm really in my head I'm like no you can't Mm -hmm. but I just am like. I'm going to, I have to prove her wrong because she's a little mm-hmm. bit of a hater.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, like our brain loves to find evidence to prove a belief right or wrong. And so I think like when you have that sentiment of like, oh my gosh, I, I really can't do this. Like you're either going to find evidence that, that, you know, affirms you can't do this or like going to prove you wrong, like you said. And I think it's such a good example because, you know, Whatever, I just, lo- I always love to say like, whatever you think you can or can't do, like, you're right. You, you, if you think you can't do something, chances are you're not going to do it unless you have that mindset, like you said, where where you're like, okay, I think I can't do this, but I really want to do it. So therefore, I'm going to try and prove prove this, this version of myself wrong. And I think it goes into the, you know, finding your community is the same way. You have to put yourself out there and put yourself in situations where you think, where you feel uncomfortable, because if you don't do that, you're, you're not going to create any evidence that proves that like anxiety wrong in a way.
1: It's so true. And like, even like going to new restaurants, like, I know this is so dumb, but like going like, and sitting at a coffee shop by yourself, like, going on a walk in like a, like a new hike, little things like that, even still like test that anxiety for me. And I'm like, okay, if I can do this, like I can go start a new job and make friends. Like it's, it's little tests that just like, if you just keep pushing yourself more and more, like I really think it's so, so good for you.
0: Here's the other thing that I want to add, too, is I think because you were talking about doing free work, even if it was free work, you just wanted to get like your foot in the door. I think I had this like notion when I started my business that like, again, I needed to make money and I and I wanted to be successful. And my idea of success back then was just making money. And so oh, yeah. I felt almost like repulsed by doing anything for free. Whereas now my mindset has shifted so much and I'm like, I just want to get the reps. Like, I don't care if I do it for free. I'm young. I'm just starting. Like I need to do shit for free. And I don't think enough people have that mindset anymore. I think we are so money oriented now where we're like, if we're not being paid for for this, like we're not going to do it. I want you to speak on that a little bit about like why you take free work and why it's important.
1: So, I am such a big proponent of three work, free work, but also knowing your value. Like because I am a huge people pleaser and can often get like steamrolled if I don't stand up for myself. And so a big thing that I have established this year um was like I will take a project if I really believe in the music and the artist is already has like a great brand or or is willing to let me help work with them. Like it is so specific to the artist and I let them know like, this is the situation. I'm here to help you. I will do anything for you, but you have to take my advice and like, listen to me, work with me, and i'm a lot more involved on those projects because i'm like if i'm going to do this what i say is has to be what happens because when you're a hired gun you know and it's the artist and you're just designing stuff for them or editing like i'm like i'm here to support you creatively i'll help in whatever way you need but at the end of the day this is your your vision your dollar sign but it's really fun like i um am wrapping up a project right now that I shot last summer with a band from um, England. And they came here for like two weeks. They had a bunch of incredible songs, a very small budget. And now we're like best friends. We FaceTime every day. We're collaborating on the edits. We collaborated on all the concepts. Like we shot everything in three days and it was the most fun I've had in my whole life. And I wouldn't change it for any dollar amount and I hope that they're wildly successful and hire me again. But like, I just, now it, it's just like, it's so fulfilling to see their project start rolling out. And I'm like, wow, I got to be a part of this like really awesome thing that's happening.
0: This is also why I tell people to follow their joy because that, that sense of fulfillment, fulfillment that you were talking about, it, I think we all love to believe that it comes from being successful in the sense of money. Like having a lot of money, making a lot of money, that's going to make us fulfilled, but it doesn't at the end of the day. It's always about joy. And like you were saying, like, I just had so much fucking fun. And that, that at the end of the day is what it's about. Because if you're, if you're making all the money, but you're not fulfilled, w- then what, what are you doing? You know? What's so I, I love that, that you're like, no, I don't care if they hire me again or not. But like, I just had so much fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and also making things that I'm proud of, like, and that I want to stamp my name on, and and because it is such a crazy industry, and sometimes you hear songs you don't like. Sometimes you hear songs you like want to cry to and love more than anything. And it's like I've never worked on a project for a song I didn't like, but I definitely think that it's going to happen. And if I have to like shove away my pride and and do that for a certain dollar amount, so I can keep making things happen, especially too because with artists, they don't really know what to do or how to do rollout. Like they write an awesome song and then they're like, what now? And so I'm like mm. if I can share this advice and and help you in your career, that's equally as fulfilling as making something beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like what it's like value doesn't have to be money. It can be mm-hmm. so many other things. I wanna know, when did singing and songwriting come into the picture then? Because you you were in school for advertising and then it was costume design designing and then a little bit of directing and things like that. Then when did singing and songwriting come into play? So I've pretty much like sang and
1: written songs my whole life, but you probably experienced this growing up. Like if you play a sport, that's your identity Mm -hmm. as like a young person. So I danced, my mom owns a dance studio and I was the dancer. And so it was like, That was my identity that had been like assigned to me that I partook in, of course. And so singing and making music was like something I did, but it wasn't like I had already been put in a box. Mm. And so when I went to um, college, I was writing songs way more, um, had met, I had grown up with a music producer. He was like, let me come record a song in Savannah. I was like, great, fun. We put it on the Internet um, it got picked up in the Spotify algorithm. What was it? On Discover Weekly, it it was Wish You Well. That was my first song. Uh, okay. I love that one. Yes. And so then I got the attention of a record label. They were really awesome. They were like, let's have a meeting. Let's come out, come on out, um, to LA. So I went and we sat down and they were like, okay, sing, like, right. Like almost like show us that this wasn't just a fluke, like this one song. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I had this idea in the car. And one of them started playing guitar. And then I just started like singing this um, line that I had written. And that ended up being Malibu Honey, which was another song I released. Mm -hmm. And we just started like getting together, making music. And it turned into something that I loved so much. And working with other artists and just like being able to express myself and show, paint this whole picture. And so I was like, okay, I don't really want to go work for an agency because if I do, I won't have time to make music as well. So I was like, how can I have a job where I can make music and also live? Because music is not lucrative at all. And I didn't ever really want it to be lucrative because, I mean, I hope it's lucrative eventually, but it's not my, like, sole purpose in life because it got to a point where I was making music and I was like, if I'm going to make this my full-time thing, I don't want, like, the success of a song to depend if I can pay for dinner or not. I just want music to be something that I enjoy, that I love, that I'm happy with, so I need to figure out ways that I can – make as much as possible and be around people who are also making music and that's kind of where I'm at right now like I'm working on the next album I just released an EP in November and it's like something that just brings me pure joy no stress pure joy
0: but I love this because you're you're basically saying I can have my cake and eat it too like I think we're told all of these lies growing up that make us believe that our dreams are too big that keep us small and you're sitting here saying i'm making space for my creativity and my joy and also for responsibility and and making sure i can like put a roof over my head and feed myself and i think that like it's just so so many people have this limiting belief that like they have to go work their nine to five and that's the only way that they're going to make stable income therefore they can't make space for their their hobby and their passions when like Following your dreams doesn't always have to look like you're you're you know betting on yourself one hundred percent of the time and just doing that thing that brings you joy to make yourself money. It can also look like, hey, I'm gonna do other uh, other things on the side to make money so that I can support myself in doing this passion
1: I mean, I like I even still babysit. I have like six jobs I feel, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll take what I can get like yeah. i I and the thing too is like, I used to know someone who was like, if you don't practice your guitar every day and music isn't your dream and it's the only thing you want to do, you're not a real musician. And mm. I think there's this whole like farsity of the struggling musician with the mattress on the floor that, yes. like, that makes them a real artist because that's their dream and that's the only thing they do all day. But like, if I'm not getting good sleep and I'm sleeping on a mattress on
0: the floor, I don't think I'm going to make that bit of art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But honestly, to be to be creative, you have to be nourished. And that's that's another question I wanted to ask you. What is the process of songwriting? Like, what is your process? Because for me, when I'm when I'm creating, say, a new course or, um, you know, a poem or a a program, I the only way those ideas are going to drop in is if I'm in a certain environment i'm doing a certain ritual and i'm nourishing myself correctly for my inspiration to kick on and my creativity to be expressed so what what is your like ritual or process for songwriting for creativity to come through
1: so recently a lot of it has just been like trying to live my life because for when i was working in film i was working so much that i didn't have any life experiences to write about Hmm. and so now i've just been like really like putting myself out there being in new experiences and then through that i have certain lines that like come to come to me or when i'm driving or like talking with someone and i write everything down like if someone says something that i'm like ooh i like put it in the notes app and so like to this morning i was on a hike and like i was thinking about something and like wrote this paragraph, just like always writing and like, especially when I'm in the car and I'm listening to music or like on a hike, like when my subconscious is really active, I, I would just write everything down in the notes app. So then when I am like sitting down with my guitar, or my piano, or I'm going to a session, I have this like cluster of all these ideas and these lines that when i go to the session i can sit down have my notebook and like piece them together into something that
0: makes sense see i love that because i think so many people have this this idea that when you sit down to write a song you're like literally in a, in a room alone and you're sitting down from scratch and you're like trying to write a song out of your ass when like no it comes from all of the different moments of your life that like you know you have this one line and then every you just kind of like build around that and I think that's so cool because I always thought like and this is just the way my mind works being uh, like a Virgo rising it's so like linear and structure for me I always think like you like for when I write a poem or I write like um, you know, a beautiful like nonfiction like work, just piece or whatever. I always start from like the first sentence and work my way down. So it's interesting to hear that like you you have a really beautiful line and you build around that.
1: Well, and I'm not good at like sitting down and being like, okay, we're gonna write a song, yeah, because it it really does come from these moments and these phrases. Like the last, I I have a bunch of songs since, but. Recently, I went to a session and I was planning on writing a totally different song. And I sat down and the first notes app line that I opened was this line that I had written that was, if you're my soulmate, the universe fucking hates me. (laughs) I love that. And I had said it like as a joke. And then I pretty much wrote a whole song around that line completely different than what was the game plan for the day and that's like one of my favorite songs that I've written because it's so honest and it's funny
0: yeah what song is that
1: okay so it's not out yet
0: okay I need to hear it it's going to
1: come out yeah yeah but it's like you know it's called dumpster fire (laughs)
0: love (laughs) love
1: and the line the chorus line is like I'll bring the lighter to our dumpster fire and it's just making fun of like these situations that i'm a very chaotic person like i have it together but not really <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, and so it's like this this sense of like how how did i end up here again right but i'm just going to live in this terrible awful ridiculous moment
0: and well, bring it's the funny because Earth. it's so it's so like it's so self-aware at the same time, you know, like it's this choice that's being made to be chaotic or to be that way. But that's so beautiful because it's like, at least you're self-aware, you know?
1: I mean, I
0: have like all of my friends joke
1: with me because I really do live my life for the plot.
0: Love. <laughs> love <laughs> don't know where the book is going okay, but don't are don't all artists I mean here's the other thing that you said that I love you said you're you're focused on living your life experiences and that's where you get the inspiration and the creativity because I, I love that because what I was like really so when I first started my business and coaching and then I was trying to do a lot of content creation for for brands I realized I was just we're, oh and when I had my community so I was doing like a lot of virtual events and recipes and blogs and all like the more like admin shit right like sitting down with my computer I was like my whole day is sitting at a computer and curating content but where is the life experience mm-hmm. that actually informs the beautiful inspiring raw like m- magnetic content where's that coming from And it and it wasn't because I wasn't living my life. And so I think so many people, when they either start a, a job or have like this new um, role or whatever, they get sucked into the like work, 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 but that takes the the inspiration out of it. It takes the creativity out of it. And I, I did, it wasn't something that I realized for a while, but it was so like, I had this realization. I was like, why am I letting my content inform my life rather than my life experiences inform my content?
1: That's the that's the way it goes because it's like at the end of the day, if I'm not interesting and if I'm not doing anything worth documenting, why are you gonna come what are you gonna come here for? Right. Especially because I feel like as women in our twenties, like we have a lot that people can relate to. And I for a long time was like, what am I gonna write about? Like I don't know, because the, the last project that I released, I had written all those songs in twenty eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 19, 20. So like, they are old. They're, that's not the way I feel any longer. And it's funny, because when I was releasing them, I was like, I'm literally like letting go of a past version of myself. And now this next project is like, it's, who I am at this current moment in time. It's documenting it. It's the chaos. It's the sadness. It's the beauty. It's, it's my life at this moment. And yeah, it's crazy.
0: Right. And I And I think that's, that's what's so beautiful though, about music and even just like writing or creativity. It's, it's a snapshot of, of your life. And when you let it be that, and you move on from it and you keep doing that, like keep having art be almost like the, the afterthought to your experiences, that's when it's, it's beautiful and creative. And like, that's, I think that's how it should be rather than being like, I need to sit down and write the song, or I need to like sit down and, and create this piece of art because if, when it's forced, it's not authentic in, in my opinion. But I think the, the last thing I want to ask you before we move into more like wellnessy things, cause I, I want to go there. Um, is if somebody was to either be wanting to get into music or go move to LA, there's this like notion that it's so saturated and not just in music, but like in LA in general with like influencer culture or, um, you know, fashion or whatever it may be. What is your, what is your advice on, on like standing out and like making yourself one visible and putting yourself out there? Like we talked about, but like standing out how important is that and how to actually do that
1: well you know honestly the biggest thing i would say is just start doing it like if you don't live in la and you want to live in la like if you want to make music but you don't know how and you're not making music like watch a youtube video on how to record write a song that you really like post it on the internet reach out to people you know if there's some filming going on in your city or There's a brand that's in your city, or you know, a boutique that has really cool stuff. Call them and say you want to make content. Learn to edit. Like, just be the most valuable person and just start. Because honestly, Mm. I, I can edit. I can color. I can take photos. I can edit photos. I can style. I can do makeup. I'm not really the best at any of these things, but I can do it. I can make it work. And being like. A really valuable resource especially in LA where people are all making music and they are all influencers if you can kind of get in behind the scenes like help like I worked for a tiktoker when I first moved to LA and would go to his house and edit videos for him for like a few months
0: and hold on I need to know what this looks like (laughs) who is
1: it (laughs) I don't really want to say but I'll tell you later Okay, um, but he he, he's, he's famous and um, and it was like just funny because I was just working for this production company and and yeah, I just I went to his house, I helped him pick out an outfit. We filmed videos all day, we took photos all day, um, and then I would edit them and send them over because I mean he has to be churning out content like right multiple videos a day.
0: So it's like, it's, so you're just doing all the behind the scenes editing Mm -hmm. and shooting. I love, I love that though, because so Mm -hmm. many people just think of TikTok as like, oh, these people are just like posting like videos, but no, there's so much that goes into it. And it's such hard work to be busting out all this content and then editing all that content. Like that's, I I love that. I'm sure so many people have editors and I didn't even think about that.
1: I mean, the thing too, is like, especially if you want to be in music, you have to be on TikTok. I hate that that's the reality.
0: Yeah.
1: all it's such an awesome opportunity because like in the 70s 80s 90s 2000s you had to be signed to a label to go on tour or to even put out an album like yeah. it was such gatekeeping and such this like block and now if you just put your song on the internet and you push it really hard and you believe in it like you can have a career sitting on your sofa at home yeah, I know everybody likes to clown social media and everybody likes to clown TikTok. But if you want to make music and be in the music industry, you have to put your music on TikTok. I mean, look at Doja Cat, yep. whole career TikTok. Ice Spice, TikTok. Yeah.
0: Lizzie McAlpin, TikTok. Even, even um, my favorite girl. I don't, I don't see her on TikTok. I'm sure she is. Lola Young. Do you know her? Yes fucking love her Instagram. You say like, that I'm really fucking boring? Yes. All of her shit, all of her, sh- the the ones where she goes, I got demons in my head. I got demons in my She's, yeah. Oh my God. Fucking love her. Okay. I found her on Instagram. Her, not only do I love her music, but like. I love that. She just goes out in public and records herself singing her songs into a full on fucking microphone, like literally on an escalator. Like that's the shit that people want to see. And then that's exactly what you're saying. You're pushing your music. You're going to, you're going to get visibility. You're only going to attract people who are going to listen to your fucking shit. I mean, I find all
1: of my favorite artists on TikTok now because it's just such an easy way to discover people. And like this, this artist that I found, his name is medium build. Um, I went and saw his show in LA and since then he's blown up on the internet. He's opening for, um, Oh my gosh, this huge guy. I can't even remember his name right now, but he's, he's Louis Capaldi. He's opening for Louis. Oh my God. I love him. Yes. I'm like, I'm so glad that I got to see you at this small intimate show in LA because you're going to be too big. I'm not going to be able to get tickets. Yeah. It's going to be sold out. Yeah. And how cool that that can happen. And yeah, just getting in like, and being someone who's valuable, being someone that everybody wants to have around, like being a stylist, everybody wants somebody to help them pick out an outfit. Thousand percent. That has gotten me in so many rooms and like fashion and styling is not my dream. It's not my sole purpose in life. I like putting, picking out outfits and dressing cute, but like, that's my entrance. That's my way to get in the door. And then I show them that I can do all this other stuff.
0: Love that. I love, I love that. Like the making yourself valuable, making yourself a resource. It's so fucking important. Okay. I want to get into wellness because I feel like I – it's funny because I, I went back because – okay. So we met in, in at art school. When was that? Like 2017? 20, mm-hmm. 20, yeah, 2017. Remember we had public speaking together? Yes. That class was like the, the bane of my existence, but also like really what inspired me to like, I think it's really what gave me the balls to even start a podcast like years later. Cause I, I realized I actually liked speaking, but anyway, I digress. So what was that? 20, 2017. I went back in our DMs and I saw we were, we were always chatting about health and wellness. And so I want to, I want to ask you like your journey with wellness and, and where you were and where you are now, because I know I saw a few of your TikToks as well, where you like lost a ton of weight and you're ta- what I loved specifically is you were talking about the connection between your inner world and the way that you looked outside, because I think so many people are like, here's my weight loss journey. And like, that's great. But what actually changed? like what actually inside of you changed? Was it your confidence? Was it whatever? So I want to, I want to know about your wellness journey. So
1: wellness and me, we have a tough, we have a tough relationship because, um, when I met you, I was like just normal bodied. Um, and then I moved, I got out of a long-term relationship, lost a ton of weight. I was like 120 pounds. I'm five, nine. So that's like, it's a little not, not really it for me, Um, was like partying a lot, drinking a lot, staying up all night, not exercising, withering away. Um, And then I moved to France 2018 for SCAD. And I just ballooned. Like I was eating, but not like eating all the time. But I think just because of putting myself in that, like I had lost all my muscle and was just like, you know, a skeleton, and then it all came back, and I think a lot of the emotional issues I hadn't dealt with, and that was a big stressor on my body, and, like, living in a new place, um, and, like, eating bread, and stuff more than I had before, really, so I ballooned, I got had, like, cystic acne, it was, like, the, the great humbling of 2018, honestly, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the great humbling. <laughs> like I can say, I can laugh about it now, but it was like, I, so I had gained fifty pounds. I when I was I was oh, one twenty wow. when I left, and I was one seventy when I came home.
0: That's like jarring. That's that's like I'm sure. Because here's the thing: I don't want to like talk about weight loss in the sense of like I'm a a proponent of losing weight right like I'm not here to say that you need to lose weight, but or it, or like weight gain is bad, right? But like fifty pounds in a short amount of time that that's like that's almost I don't know it just probably like for me when I hear that it sounds so like it's an identity shift you know it was
1: a full identity shift none of my clothes fit of course yeah and I was just felt so like my arms were like hard and my stomach was hard I mean scientifically it doesn't even make sense how that happened that fast right but it did and I came home and my dad didn't even recognize me when he's, from like, <laughs> oh, It's not no. funny, but like that honestly was really tough, and I was really depressed that summer. I came home. I was working out every single day. I was going to yoga. I was doing keto diet. If I didn't follow it, I would cry. Like I was just a disaster, and I had done that. And at the end of the summer, I hadn't lost one pound. And I was, like, Mm. so upset. And I started having an eating disorder, um, which happens to all of us. And um, I had bulimia at that point. And so then my family was, like, you're working so hard, but you're not. Like, what's happening? This doesn't make sense. And it's because I was throwing up all the time that my body was holding on to everything and not letting it go and so once I got that under control through like consistent low-impact movement and um not doing keto anymore and just trying to like eat vegetables and, and like paleo but not fully restrictive and just like appreciating myself and starting to like love myself again because I really hated myself I was like how did this happen to me like this is so awful And so I was pretty consistent for like two years, was back down, but was stronger, healthier. And then I went through another really bad breakup.
0: Mm.
1: And then I shrunk back down again Mm. and was probably the littlest I've been in my whole life, like more than even in high school. And so then I see this cycle happening. Again, after I had already worked so hard, and this was 2021, so recently, and threw myself into film, realized that the cycle was happening again. I was gaining weight, not as much this time, but like enough where I was like, How can you let this happen to yourself again? And was really hard on myself because I had posted all those TikToks before, like champion loving myself, champion taking yeah. care of myself. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the cycle repeating and I was like, oh no, I'm supposed to be this person who's healed and who's figured out her relationship with her body. Like, and here I am going through the same thing. And that was a big crisis. And so only probably in the last like six months have I really started to like again figure out my relationship with my body focus on movement eat things that are healthy because like i just fluctuate so dramatically based on my emotions and that's also why like regulating my emotions cutting out toxic people like it literally affects my physical health which is crazy
0: do you know your human design no oh my god i need to read your chart we'll we'll talk after this but okay. i The reason I ask is because it's so – human design is like – do you know what human design is? No. It's basically like based on modern and ancient astrological systems. And it's basically telling you how how you energetically show up best in the world for your relationships, all the things. But it can inform like what you take on, like what you absorb and what you don't in terms of people's energy. It's really fascinating. But I love that you say your emotions – contribute to to your physical attribution because it is so it is something people don't talk about which is why I have such a bone to pick with like the fitness culture and the nutrition culture because everyone thinks that like oh I've gained weight I'm just gonna stop eating as much or I'm gonna move my body more and it's like it is not there's so much more that goes into it and Your emotional status is directly correlated with your internal health. And if it's not right, it's going to show outward. And so it's so interesting. And when you, I would love to know, like when you were in that, you know, state where you were heartbroken and your emotions were everywhere and you were gaining weight, what was like your mindset? What was your mindset or your beliefs about yourself?
1: So. It's funny because when I was my littlest, I was so deeply depressed, but everyone around me was like, You look so great. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm shambles. Shambles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but But so then when I started gaining weight, I was just like, You're not worthy of love. You're not beautiful, you know, like things that like so hard on myself. And especially because I'm like you know how to treat yourself well, but here you are, like, not. Right. And that was making it 10 times worse. And then I reintroduced the negative self-talk, which reintroduced the eating disorder, which reintroduced, like, the binging and purging and the back and forth and, like, then putting the physical strain on your body. Like, you're being mean to your body. You're you know, physically hurting yourself, like, that is so, it, and it, it doesn't logically make sense. But when you're in that headspace, you're like, I have to do this. I can't digest this food. It has to, you know, and not to like, treat like, I hate that I'm, but, but it's something that is very important to talk about because it's yeah. real.
0: But also like you're, you're speaking of something that's so important is like, hate will only attract hate. Like if you hate your body, you're going – your your body's going to stay in that like hate – like that hate cycle and that hate appearance. Whereas if you start to love yourself where you're at – and I know it's hard, but if you start to love yourself where you're at, then that's when you attract all of these things that are going to make your body feel safe and make your body feel, you know, good enough to start like – working properly, your hormones balancing, your gut being, being more regular, like all of these things will come into fruition. And it's, it's like the last thing you want to do when like, you know, you're in this hate cycle, you think like, okay, well more discipline is going to do the trick or like more punish me punishing myself is going to do the trick, but it's never the answer. And that was the same for my story is like, even when I went to SCAD, I had a really bad binge eating issue. And I didn't, I didn't throw up or anything, but I had such a bad binge eating uh issue. And I think that's also why SCAD was tainted for me, because I was like, mm-hmm. this is the like I'm associating this environment with, with hating myself. And I think when I was in that cycle, the things that really brought me out of it was giving myself more love and joy, like actually allowing myself to do things that bring that make me happy and that like are loving. Even though I like hated the way that I looked or felt, because then that that actually like raised my vibration and raised my frequency and made me feel happier and told my body I was safer.
1: I mean, that's the thing, like that was so that association because like I no- have noticed a trend in myself that like when I'm in a stable relationship, like I value myself higher because someone else loves me. Mm. And then when we break up, I become like so anxious that it all like, like I just shrink because I, I like feel like I'm not lovable and I'm not valued. And then post that really f- realizing, because the first time I went through this journey, I posted about it on the TikTok and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm healed because I love myself. Right. But it wasn't true. I think a big part of it was that I was receiving validation from someone else. So if they loved mm. me, uh, it's easier for me to love me because somebody else loves me.
0: Right, right. So
1: this time around has been a lot more important because it's like, no, I'm getting back to being healthy and caring about my body. Not because someone else loves me, but because I love me and I'm doing it so that I can love me more.
0: Mm. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> no, <that>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that because it's like you. It, it's it's so, and that's why so much of what I do is like helping people get get more self connected. I started off being a health coach, quote unquote, and like I realize it's so much damn more than that because if you're not connected with yourself, you're not going to understand how to love yourself because you don't know who that is, and so. To even like wrap all this up because I, I we could talk about so many different things, but I, I want to wrap it up because I think what I'm realizing with you and the common thread between like everything you do is you're so self connected to yourself. It's it it seems like you know who you are and you know like every intricate like. Thing of your in internal world, right? And so, I want to know: one, have you always felt really self connected? And then, two, what are the things that help bring you back to connection with yourself? I haven't
1: always felt really self connected. I I think for a long time I threw myself into relationships with other people and working relationships, like just other things, and I pretty much had a significant other from age 16 to 23. So in the past two years it is the first time that I'm actually really understanding who I am individually and who, what I want from life and you know how I want to treat myself, which is really hard. And I didn't want to ever admit that I allowed other people's energies to infiltrate my space because I'm so fiercely independent and kind of stubborn that I was like, no, this has nothing to do with them. But I was allowing other energies. And I think for the first time, like really, really being alone alone and like focusing on my energy and even like having to cut out people that I love very dearly, but it's just too... I'm too susceptible to all of it. And I know a lot of people can be in committed relationships and grow. And I do, I did learn a lot, but the past two years have really changed my life because I've had to connect with who I am and like be alone with my own thoughts and like figure out who I am as to my core outside of the significant
0: others that I've had. How uncomfortable is it? being alone and like getting especially like when you when you're used to being with somebody like like in a breakup or even me like when when lucas will go out of town for a weekend and i'm alone with the kids like when they're asleep i'm like what do i what do i do with myself like (laughs) so like how uncomfortable is it and how do you get through that like discomfort
1: for a long time i did not like it i was like really really freaked out by it like trying to fulfill you know, you know how one does after a breakup, like trying to fulfill it with empty connections. And like, I would meet people and I would just be like, God, I don't even like them at all. But yeah, um, here I am out with them. And (laughs) here they are. (laughs) (laughs) And let's just do this again. And like, I, it really was like, until I moved here, because I started completely fresh. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew a thing about me. I didn't have, you know, anyone here that I already had a relationship with. So it was like super easy to just take, take a step back and like be alone and just yeah. kind of force myself and moving across the country. will do that. That'll give you a real sense of isolation.
0: Yeah. In a good way. So then here's, here's the other question. When it comes to self-connection, I think so many people when they are alone and it is uncomfortable, they just sit there and scroll, right? Like they just sit and scroll or they watch a movie or they distract themselves in other, another way with another person. When, when you are, say you like need to be in connection with yourself. Like what is maybe like a hobby that you do or a ritual that you do? That's not like scrolling or whatever. Um. Well, honestly, the biggest thing that,
1: has been giving me inspiration is like having really great friendships i know that sounds like really corny but having time for like other people and like i have a one of my best friends we just go and we'll like sit and have a glass of wine and sit on this patio and like watch people go by talk about creative ideas talk about our dreams and like having really incredible platonic friendships has been so inspiring for me but also like if i'm alone alone I love um, putting on headphones, like listening to music, because that really inspires me. And going on a walk, cleaning my house, like doing laundry, like things like that, like having a sense of purpose, like having a clean, beautiful house and like watering my plants like that, that connects me. I'm like, this is my home. These are my plants. I'm listening to a song I like and, like, I'm so happy. Like, the sun is shining. It's beautiful.
0: (laughs) Well, I think you're touching on something that I always tell people is, like, you're getting present. If you get present with yourself, even if it is doing the dishes and being so present with like you doing the dishes, like that is so therapeutic to just be in the present moment. And that right there is how you connect to, to, to yourself more because you're allowing yourself space to let your thoughts run free, to feel what your emotions are. You're not distracting yourself or numbing it out by, by noise. And so I love that you said that, like even just doing the laundry can, can be that.
1: Well, and the, the biggest thing too, like right before this, I was feeling sad and like a little bit manic. And so I went on a run and I played Phoebe Bridgers because I was like, I'm just going to lean into this. I'm going to get it out. Yeah. I'm going to get out my energy. I'm going to cry. The people passing me on this run are going to be like,
0: who <laughs> like is this crazy. girl running and crying,
1: <laughs> sobbing, sprinting. <laughs> but I have to lean into it like if I'm sad I'm gonna listen to sad music I'm gonna cry and then I'm gonna get on my day
0: honestly like I I can't even tell you how many times I have cried on walks or like been full out like just like popping my pussy to Beyonce like while on a on a walk with like pushing the stroller like it's just it's the best thing for for getting your emotions out but I I wish somebody would take a video of me sometimes because I'm like I just want to know how crazy I look
1: (laughs) And I love it. I'm like, I hope they see me walking, running by and they're like, this girl is insane. It's like
0: yep. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Georgia, this was amazing. I feel like we could talk for hours. Tell everybody where they can find you and then um, what's coming out for you in terms of music.
1: Okay. So you can find me at Georgia Van Newkirk on everything. Um, uh, I am releasing a single, hopefully, late spring she's coming up and um for the time being you can check out my most recent EP it's called Million Dollar Trailer Park um there's a video for every song very therapeutic to go through they're all shot on film and you know have a time thank
0: you so much what I have to ask what is Million Dollar Trailer Park where did you get that idea okay so
1: that's actually a SCAD reference is it really I was um seeing someone who was like looked really cool on the exterior and was like this, you know, hot, cool guy, artistic. But then on the inside, I was like, yeah, it's just like not worth it. So he's a million dollar trailer park because it's
0: not worth it. It's not, the oxymoron is not worth it. It's not worth your time. Love that. Love that so much. Okay, everybody, go listen to that and then follow Georgia on Instagram. Thank you so much.